And God, we thank you for this passage. We ask that you would guide us in our reflection upon it, that we would understand what it means, that we would have a sense of how it applies to us today, and that we would be encouraged in our own walk with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure if you know, but uh, in between my previous churches and coming to Queen Street Baptist Church, I took a number of years off of pastoral ministry. It was actually about three years that I was not in a church. And uh, when I left my previous church, when I resigned from uh, those congregations, I didn't have another church to go to. In fact, I didn't have another job to go to. We had just felt that it was uh, time for a change, and we were stepping out in faith. And so I left that job, and all I had was uh, a couple of part-time things that I was doing, um, but I still did not have a full-time job. Now, it was something that I needed at the time to, ha to have that break. However, it seemed as if the utility companies and the, the bank that held our mortgage, they still wanted to be paid. They weren't satisfied just with the fact, well, you know, Steve needed a break from pastoral ministry. Uh, they still wanted money. And then my family, they kind of still wanted to eat. Uh, I found that a little bit strange. They, they wouldn't just say, well, you know, uh, Steve needs a, a break, so we're just going to take the next few months off of eating. Uh, but no, they still wanted to have food. So it soon became apparent that I would need to get a job. And so I started looking for jobs. Now, at that point, I had uh, 14 years of ministry experience in a local church, and I had three theological degrees. Now, you'd be surprised at how many jobs I was unqualified for with that experience and with that background. Uh, it was not helpful at all. There was actually a time where I, um, I was applying for a Tim Hortons job. And uh, the, on the application, it writes, it says, uh, uh, put down what university ex uh, uh, background you have. And I'm like, once I get to the fourth university degree, I'm realizing they're not going to call me. They're not interested in having me work for them. Uh, I just was not qualified. So it got, soon got to the point where when I was looking for a job, I would pass over all the interesting things, like the amount that they would pay me, uh, the number of hours that were expected. I would go directly to the qualifications. And for most of those jobs, I would very quickly realize this was not going to happen. I was not qualified for the jobs that I was applying. Now, thankfully, eventually I did get a full-time job in there working for Faith Today magazine. And the reason that that happened is it just so happened that I had qualifications for that. My undergrad degree was in marketing. Uh, that was a big part of what we were doing. My theological degrees uh, helped out because it was a, a Christian magazine and there was uh, a theological aspect to the, the nature of how we were uh, putting these articles together. I had experience doing some editing. I had experience doing some writing, including writing for Faith Today. And my church experience, uh, especially because many of their, their readers are pastors and uh, leaders in the church, that all helped. So it just so worked out that my, my qualifications ended up being adequate for that job. And that's generally the way it works when you're looking for a job. You need to have the right qualifications. Well, that's great for the job market. What happens 
for us to serve Jesus. What are the qualifications? If we are going to serve Jesus in this world, we've been talking about building the kingdom uh, in our community. If we are to be a part of that, what are the qualifications? What is required for that? Now, there are people, there are Christians who would say, you know what, I'm not qualified. Uh, I've heard that from many people who will say, uh, I just don't have the background, I don't have the Bible knowledge, I don't have the experience, I don't have the natural gifts. Uh, they might say, uh, I've made too many mistakes in my life, I've, I've done some things wrong. I'm just unqualified to be involved in serving Jesus in this community, making a difference for him. And I want to suggest that you are not unqualified because we're going to look at what the actual qualifications are. So in this passage, we're still dealing with all of the fallout from the healing of that one man. And the leaders are interrogating Peter and John. And in their interrogation, they are surprised at the nature of Peter and John. And what they're surprised about is that they are, according to the translation that I read, that they are unschooled, that they are uneducated. Now, there's some discussion as to what is being talked about there. Uh, some people have suggested that what is being said is that they are illiterate, that they are not able to read and write, and that's what the, the people, uh, the leaders are uh, surprised about. Now, it is uh, likely that they were not... Um, extensively uh, gifted in literary uh, ability. Uh, that is probably the case, but that's not likely what they're talking about here. They are saying that the Peter and John have not been trained theologically. They are very different than someone like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was uh, trained by one of the, the most famous rabbis before he became a Christian. So he came to serving Jesus already gifted with experience and formal education uh, before meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus. But Peter and John are not like that. They are just these normal, ordinary people, and yet somehow they are doing these amazing things. And that is the first qualification that Jesus is looking for for people who serve him. Just ordinary, normal people. You don't have to have doctor or reverend before your name before you can be used by Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that formal theological education is wrong. Uh, there's a reason why I have kept going to seminary and studying and that Amanda is studying now. It is a great thing. I encourage people to study either at Bible college or seminary. It is a fantastic thing. But you don't need that before Jesus can use you. He's looking for normal ordinary people. Uh, that's, that's all that is required. Uh, one of the, the greatest Baptist preachers of all time is, or was, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. So he was uh, a preacher in London, England, and that was in the 1800s. And he was just this amazing uh, person who had a, a huge church. At, but he shares in his autobiography uh, what happened to him. So actually, I'm going to be reading from a biography that, uh, that quotes his autobiography about how he ended up coming to know Jesus, his conversion experience. And I want you to notice what happens here. Uh, Spurgeon woke one January Sunday in 1850 
with a deep sense of his need for deliverance. Because of a snowstorm, the 15-year-old's path to church was diverted down a side street. For shelter, he ducked into the primitive Methodist chapel on Artillery Street. An unknown substitute lay preacher stepped into the pulpit and read his text, Isaiah 45:22. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. He had not much to say, thank God, for that compelled him to keep on repeating his text, and there was nothing needed by me at any rate except his text. The man in the pulpit probably had no training, was not a gifted speaker, and yet through him, Jesus spoke and saved Spurgeon. Uh, so there was this, the, the pastor for that church was not able to show up that Sunday because of the snowstorm. This lay preacher gets up, pretty much all he could do was read the scripture passage, and God used that. Now, I was saying that Spurgeon was a, an extremely gifted and well-known preacher, he never got ordained. He never got a, a formal theological education. Now, that's not to say that he rejected those things. He ended up forming his own Bible college, a Bible college that still continues in England. But the point is, uh, he was brought to faith by just a normal, average person. And God did some amazing things through him. But it's not just about how God can use untrained creatures. God uses just normal ordinary people. That is the first qualification. I am convinced that the way the kingdom expands is not sermon by sermon, but rather person by person, relationship by relationship. That's how the kingdom expands. And God is looking for ordinary, normal people to be involved in that. Now, the leaders, they were upset with what Peter and John had been doing. And so they wanted them to shut up. They wanted them to stop speaking in the name of Jesus. They wanted them to stop preaching, to stop performing miracles. And they were willing to let them go, but just stop doing these things. You're causing too much trouble. And this brings us to the second qualification that Jesus is looking for, for people who serve him. And that is stubbornness. Okay, just plain stubbornness. Well, I shouldn't say just plain stubbornness because there's good and bad stubbornness. There is stubbornness that is just not helpful. Okay, uh, I am a parent of teenagers. Sorry, Justice. I am a, uh, a parent of teenagers, and I know stubbornness. Uh, and I've had to rely on stubbornness myself sometimes. So there is stubbornness that sometimes causes problems, but there's a good stubbornness as well when you're stubborn for all the right reasons. And here, Peter and John are stubborn for the right reasons. They're being told to stop. Uh, their personal safety depends on them giving in and submitting to this. And yet, they are being stubborn, and they're not willing to give in. As I said, there is a bad kind of stubbornness, and I've been seeing it in some churches. Some churches during this COVID-19 era are trying to be stubborn for all the wrong reasons. Uh, many churches and church leaders are getting a lot of media coverage over the stubbornness that they're showing, that they're refusing to submit to what the uh, the health guidelines are, and they want to demonstrate that they are not going to give in to that. Well, we have to ask, why are these guidelines being given? Is it to uh, shut down the churches, or is it to keep people safe? We want to be stubborn for the right reasons, and we need to be stubborn 
in a way that reflects our faith in Jesus. We need to be stubborn for the confession that Jesus is Lord. So how do we know if we're being stubborn in the right way? We have to ask, if we stand strong here, are we demonstrating to ourselves and to those around us that Jesus is Lord? That nothing else is Lord, just Jesus is Lord. If that is the case, then we are being stubborn for the right reasons. So that is part of what Jesus is looking for. So I want you to imagine uh, that you have applied for the position of a servant of Jesus. And so you're called into Jesus's office. He's got this beautiful office. He's sitting behind his desk. And you're kind of all nervous because you've applied for this job and you're hoping that you're qualified for the job, but you're not sure if you're qualified for the job. And Jesus is sitting there in his comfy chair and he slides a piece of paper across the desk with the list of qualifications for what he's looking for in one of his servants to build the kingdom of God. What is it going to say on that piece of paper? It's going to say he's looking for just a normal person, not a special person, not a a reverend, not a doctor, not a whatever. He's looking for just a normal, ordinary person. But he's also looking for someone who's stubborn, to someone who's not going to give in at the first sign of opposition, the, the first sign of someone giving them a hard time, that someone who's willing to be stubborn for Jesus. That's what he's looking for, ordinary, stubborn people. And we have to ask ourselves, are we those ordinary, stubborn people? If we can work in a way that demonstrates that Jesus is Lord, whatever background we have or lack of background, whatever education we have or lack of education, it doesn't matter. Ordinary people who are willing to stick with Jesus no matter what, those are the kind of people that Jesus is looking for. Let us pray. God, we thank you for offering us the opportunity to serve you. And many of us, including myself, sometimes feel unqualified. We feel like we don't have what it takes. And yet you amazed the leaders back in the time of Peter and John in the ways that you used them, that they were ordinary people. They were normal people. But they were people who had been with Jesus, and that was enough. We thank you for their stubbornness, that when it was so much easier for them to be quiet, for them to stop causing trouble, that they were willing to stand strong for you. They were committed to Jesus as Lord. May we learn from their example. Remind us that we are qualified to serve you and encourage us to step out in faith. In Jesus' name, amen.